Welcome to a new week of our Lenten Bible study. Today, as we look at Christ's title as the Son of God, we're going to look at the benefits of Christ's connection to His kingdom nature and how places at the table of grace are open because of God's loving presence as Jesus Christ. Today's scripture comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 27, verses 53 through 54. After Jesus' resurrection, when they had come out of the tombs, they entered the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Welcome to our Lenten Bible study. We're, we are, I think this is our fifth week in this uh, conversational <coughs> excuse me, look at who that we are within the kingdom of God's love. Now, the first few weeks, we looked at the humanity of Jesus Christ, and we looked at human emotions. We looked at the human identities. We looked very much at the human nature of Jesus Christ so that we could begin to see, to understand that God understands us. That it was important for God to put on flesh and to come and to walk and live with us. To move through life's path with us. So that at the end of the day when we proclaim grace, we are not proclaiming a gift that comes from someone that has no idea what we are dealing with. But someone who loved us so much that they walked with us and interacted with us. And showed us that we were so important that they wanted to understand us. So we use those first few weeks to look at the human nature of Jesus Christ. But now we're going to start looking at Jesus Christ in such a way that we are going to start moving towards the deity and move towards this reality of Christ our Redeemer. So I want to look at the very special reality of Jesus Christ being the Son of God. And some of the things that have opened up within our realities that proclaim that as Christ is the Son of God, what newness do we find through Christ's actions? There's very special events that I would like for us to look at and really ponder as we begin to look at Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Let's look first at the proclamation that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And let's look at some very special events that exist within Scripture that begins to paint that there is something radically different about this individual who is out teaching this new way. Let's start talking about even the mere presence before that identity is known. That that presence has a positive effect. Now if we use our Wesleyan language, our stages of grace, if we looked at the idea of prevenient grace, there is an action that happens within the existence of Jesus Christ that proclaims provenient grace 
almost like none other than I could think of. Let's look at a conversation between two dear family members carrying children. And one's child leaps for joy in the womb because it is in the presence of the other. As we look at the first time, even before either has had a chance to stand in the light of the world, the first interaction between John the Baptist and Jesus. We hold this image of provenient grace and provenient grace is being being held within the love of God even before that we can proclaim who God is, even before we can proclaim who we are. We are talking about a a dear soul that is developing into life that leaps in the womb because it's near the spirit of another. How powerful is that spirit? As we proclaim Jesus Christ as the Son of God, how different is that spirit? We have dear friends who walk in the light of Jesus Christ, and I always love using that phrase. It's we we talked about it a few weeks ago in our worship service as we looked at John three sixteen through twenty one, that we being people of the light and being people who walk in the light, and that light is so radically different and so radically transforming that we don't even have to have a conversation. We can just see the difference in an individual. We can feel, we can sense the difference in an individual, and we get to celebrate what that difference can create. We see this image of of a child in a womb leaping for joy because it's in the presence of a spirit. We have those individuals in our lives. And as we start dealing with the deity of Christ, I will still use the practical explanation. Because I want us to see how that these two things blend together as we focus on the humanity of Jesus Christ and understanding our lives and understanding who we are with our human emotions, our human joys, and our human fears understanding us in our aches and our pains and our wholeness. We celebrate that as well as we look at the deity of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We have these moments of provenient grace that we interact with individuals and we just know that they're different. And yes, sometimes we see people and we know that they're different and we decide to walk on the other side of the street. But we also have times that we see these people and we decide, i gotta, got to watch that person. I want to see what they're doing. I want to see how they're living. I want to see their response to different things. We begin to have this emotional, spiritual connection with others who are on the walking path of faith with us that we begin to develop this desire is... Whatever they're doing is probably the right thing. I can think so many times through my faith development, all the way from the first church that I was a member of, Cornerstone Baptist Church in Martinsville, Virginia, all the way of being the lead pastor of North Coast United Methodist Church in Oceanside, California. There has always been individuals along the way that I have felt, man, 
that person, I'm going to ask them to pray for me because I'm pretty sure they got God's phone number. There's a spirit that's different within these dear friends. And this radically different spirit, it becomes something so compelling that it makes us aware that there is something greater outside of us. There is something greater that can bring us joy just like this first spiritual interaction between John the Baptist and Jesus Christ, it's the spirit that was present that made John the Baptist leap. Let's move it forward, and we're going to use the same two images. We're going to use John the Baptist, and we're going to use Jesus Christ, because as we use this image of prevenient grace, before we know, see, sense, learn, confess the presence is there and we see that clearly in this imagery then we move to this place where we have a moment to interact with it and it's that intentional interaction that begins to be what creates for the greater world to see even further what's actually happening happening where the leaping in the womb is an image of provenient grace, we have a moment of Jesus' baptism that becomes an image of sustaining, that becomes an image of, of justifying grace. See, Jesus Christ being made in the image of man humbled himself completely to that image. And Jesus Christ begins to be the one who decides to do the actions that shows his place as the Son of God. And none more than this moment as we see Jesus Christ go to John the Baptist to be baptized. Now John the Baptist has spent all this time because he has been moved and transformed from that one moment of provenient grace and now he is living loudly and justifying grace, proclaiming Christ's importance, proclaiming the one who would come. And then he's there. And in some scriptures it, it says that John the Baptist asked Jesus Christ to baptize him, but Jesus Christ says no. Because Jesus Christ needs to show the actions. There is a spirit that exists that was so powerful that John the Baptist leaped in the womb. But there also comes a moment that we need, we have to participate with that spirit so that its true wholeness can become visible for others. And in this moment of Jesus Christ's baptism, it's a moment of justifying grace that opens the doors for others to begin to see the reality of what Christ is doing. John the Baptist baptizes Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ arises from the water, and at that moment, everything becomes real and visible because of these actions that are taking place. A dove descends from the heavens, and the Holy Spirit proclaims in a voice, the voice of God, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. There's a blessing in that. Because the more 
actions that take place, the more interactions that take place, the more this grows. We begin to see the image of someone who is so radically different that just the spirit of them being near caused another to jump for joy. And now we see the image of someone who is so radically different and so radically caring that they want to do the actions to show others how to participate, how to interact, to show others the whole meaning of justifying grace and the reality that there is a spirit reaching out for them and they can reach back to that spirit to receive it. An image of wholeness and restoration because of Jesus Christ being the Son of God. It's seen, and it's really important that others see it because then it becomes a message that other people get to interact with. Just as much as being in the spiritual presence of Christ made John the Baptist leap and become the ministry of his life, now others are witnessing this baptism. Others see the dove descend. Others hear the voice saying, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And then they see the message that they get to respond to and the message that they go out and share. Now Christ's existence as the Son of God becomes even more important after this place, especially as we look at it as the spiritual challenge of being individuals who are willing to interact with the Spirit of God's love what it means to be the individuals who are willing to reach out and to respond to grace and do radically different things that keep the message going and why that we need to do it. See, the first thing that Jesus Christ begins to teach as his identity of the Son of God becomes real to more and more is Jesus Christ uses his gifts and his graces to go out and change lives. The other evidence of Jesus Christ being the Son of God is the miracles. And I want us to think about the miracles because in every case, the miracle has a, a connection of bringing freedom to another person. Let's look at the first miracle. The first miracle, Jesus and Mary are at this party and they want out, run out of wine and Jesus Christ changes the water into wine and the party keeps going. Now, this wasn't just some cool party trick so that everybody could keep inviving and, and, and celebrate, but Jesus Christ is actually even teaching something that's very important as he changes the water into wine. There's a conversation that takes place, and, and it's, the, it's the cultural practice. You bring out your best fruits first so that individuals can enjoy them. And, and to use the crude vernacular of the everyday, you want to have the best wine first so that you can enjoy the taste because later in, on in the night, you don't care how it tastes. It's just wine. But within this reality 
stepping out of the crudeness of, of that statement. In this reality, there's a statement that's made because the water that Jesus Christ transforms in the wine actually becomes better than the first fruits. And there's someone that even challenges, hey, this is better than what was before. Why didn't you bring the best out first? Let's think about that. Because as Jesus Christ begins to use his gifts as the Son of God, he begins to teach that there is something new that's coming that's better than what once was. And there is something new that is coming that can transform things, that can create wholeness, that can be better than anything that we have ever experienced and be better than anything that we have ever known. I want us to hold on to that that prayer and that promise because the miracles begin to bring restoration. But it's not just restoration. It's always a teaching moment. As Jesus Christ begins to continue to fulfill His identity as the Son of God, the miracles are teaching points. We look at the person who was born blind. And the question is being asked, Where did sin take place in his life that caused him to be blind? They begin to ask questions that that allude to the history of, of the blind man's parents. And as they deal with all of these things, then comes Christ. And Christ begins to prepare them and saying, it's not the sins of the past. That has made this person blind. But there is a newness to come. That will restore his sight. And instead of focusing on what could have happened. What may have happened once before. We begin to see Jesus Christ. Painting an image of what matters the most. Is what we will become. And Jesus Christ heals the blind man and gives him sight. Again, in the first instance, Jesus Christ changing the water into wine, showing His connection as the Son of God through the performing of miracles. There are better things to come. And this healing of the blind man, even though that there is speculation of what once was, what matters is what is to come. And Jesus Christ using these miracles to change the way that we see reality and continue to give individuals a place to continue to give individuals a place to grow and to respond and then to become a part of the story. Since I've been using the three stages of grace in this conversation anyway, let's finish it with with sanctifying and sustaining grace. Because Jesus Christ as the Son of God displays that importance as well. I share so frequently. I believe in a God that could have changed everything like that. But I also believe in a God who loved us enough to put on flesh to become the Son of God to live, to breathe, to walk with us, to celebrate with us, to cry with us, to hurt with us, 
so that we could find our place in the greater kingdom. Jesus Christ didn't go on this journey alone. Immediately after that, Jesus Christ goes through the suffering of the temptation. That's written in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus Christ immediately selects other people to go on the journey with him, creating another opportunity to respond to the blessings that are to come. And as Jesus Christ travels with these individuals, these dear friends, he gives them places of importance. And as we find these places of importance to continue to respond to, to interact with, we begin to truly serve the reality of a God who is willing to move us to places where that we can find sustaining, sanctifying grace and wholeness because we find wholeness in the places where we become the servants and the caregivers. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Philippians chapter 2 shares that Jesus Christ didn't find his godly nature as something to, to hold, but he decided to humble himself to the image, the complete image of man, even the point of death, death on a cross. But because that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, we see the image of an individual whose presence made another jump. We see the image of an individual who showed the importance to interact and respond that brought forth the reality of his deity. And we saw a person who was so willing not to take advantage of his godly nature, but to be the one that enabled others to follow on the journey with him. So that they could, in the words of John Wesley, continue to be the ones moving on towards perfection as the hands and feet and caregivers for others in the name of Jesus Christ. Today, as we celebrate the godly nature of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let's remember how to be the ones who celebrate grace, how to be the ones who find the ones that are so radically different that we celebrate that difference. And we find a way to become the ones who are so radically different that other people see Christ because of us. Hold on to those things as we celebrate the Son of God today. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen. We'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to northcoastumc.org. And click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org. And click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us.